0: Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Cracking Addiction. My name is Dr Fergal Armstrong and once again we have with us uh, Mr Stephen Hurd who's an expert in family violence. Hello Stephen, how are you? I'm very well thanks Fergal,
1: glad to be here again.
0: Thank you for coming back. So further to our last chat I thought we'd explore you know this idea of the definition of family violence which is all about control and you know There's there's various ways of looking at the control within a a relationship. Tell us about your method of looking at control. Well, I guess one of the standard tools that's been around for a long time, um,
1: it's called the power and control wheel. So if you can picture a bicycle wheel, it's got a a tyre, it's got a rim, it's got spokes, and it's got this central hub. And, And looking at that, the spokes, let's say, if we can divide that up into eight sort of sections, if there are eight spokes there, the eight wedges, um, each of those can represent a type of behaviour. Um, type, the, the types of the labels are things like um, you know, using children in family violence settings, using financial control, emotional control, uh, male privilege is one of them, um, using intimidation, Um uh, and, a, and a range of others. On the on the outside of the wheel, on the outside of the wheel, uh, are probably the two major uh, types of uh, physical violence that can be used: uh, physical violence per se, and sexual violence. And they sit on the outside. And right bang in the middle is is the purpose of the violence. The purpose of the violence is control, to have control over the other. And, this, and it's interesting to, to know how this will came about too. In uh, the town of Duluth, in uh, Minnesota, in the late 80s, uh, when um, this particular agency was really interested in uh, exploring what uh, male family violence was, uh, they interviewed hundreds of women, hundreds of women, about their experiences. And what occurred to them is that these eight themes came out as to their experiences. Very similar, even though there were hundreds and hundreds of women who didn't know each other, spread all over the place. Their, their recollection or their descriptions of the violence that they um, experienced were really similar, really, really similar and fell into a range of categories. But They all felt this sense of being controlled and if they didn't comply with these uh, violence, behavior, violent behaviours, within the wheel, the intimidation or the threats or the male privilege, then they'll be subject to physical or sexual violence. So that threat was already mm. always there. So that the rim of the wheel is always there if mm. if, they, if, if they don't comply to uh, that particular type of violence, the emotional violence or psychological violence. So that's a really yeah. interesting model.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that... You know the experience is so universal that we are able to come up with a limited number of themes, aren't we?
1: Well, that's right. In that's sense, mm. it used to come as a surprise to me. I, I yeah. sat once in on a uh, training session with people from America, people from England, people from Australia, mm. and the patterns of behaviour were the same. The yeah. Patterns of behaviour yeah. used by male perpetrators uh, mm. seem to be same, coming from the same playbook. And then yeah. the experience of women seem to be the same, um, and so that really speaks to. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you know, we think about the definition of family violence really as as a, as, a pre, as predicated on control and coercion between a man and a woman in a in a familial setting or in a in a relationship, but we do need to acknowledge. But that's not necessarily the experience for all. And you know, we do need to acknowledge the existence of other types of relationships and other types of familial settings. Um, but it's interesting that you say male privilege. So, you know, tell me, mm. what 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 do you think of when you hear that phrase, male privilege? What is male well, privilege? <laughs> well,
1: privilege, well, it is bestowed on men. Um, the, I guess the observations are over the centuries, over the millennia, men have been in charge, yeah, in charge of the judicial systems, the policing systems, political systems, um, what happens at home. And so men men have been in charge of all these services. And it's not a stretch to say that the vast majority of decision-making roles are taken up by men in our societies, even still. And that was, that was a feature of you know, the growth of feminism through the 60s and 70s and still is a push for feminism, um, which really says, well, let's, let's be a bit more equal. And no. what it's given us men, though, Fergal, you and me, uh, is this idea of privilege. And what privilege means is unearned advantage. Now, we've got an advantage yes. that we didn't earn. We've, we've just been given it. We've, we yes. were born this way and we feel... Well, this is our normal, thank you very much. It's my normal to, to be the educated one in the family. And my sister, well, she doesn't have to go to uni because a man will marry her and she'll be looked after. Whereas me as the man, the, the young lad who's going to uni, supported by his, his parents, uh, well, I supported because I'll have to raise a family and support them. Um, but then I get the privilege of education because of that. Mm. And I've never really questioned would never have questioned it. Um, I get the privilege of when I come home uh, to put my feet up on the table and uh, and not have to get dinner or, or whatever or that kind of stuff because I've earned the money. I've flogged myself all day working. Mm. That model may not be strictly true now, but the essence of it uh, is to some extent. But that's what was challenged through the whole feminism years of. you know, the 60s, mm. 70s, 80s, and continues on. And so our sense of privilege means we've got this certain power that we've we've been given, and when that power gets challenged, we get a bit upset, we get a bit threatened. Mm. So our privilege wants us to equalise our power mm. and even even equality. And I got reminded by this, this <clears throat> quote the other day, that even trying to become equal is threatening around yeah. our, our privilege. It feels like
0: we're being oppressed. Something strikes me when I'm listening to what you're saying there, that a woman once said that we're frightened of men because we're afraid they're going to kill us. Whereas men are frightened of women because we're, men are afraid that women are going to laugh at us. And even there, there's an inherently unequal you know, there's an unequal relationship in terms of the potential for threat. Um mm. yeah, I um it's interesting also, I mean you you know you have described in this wheel, you know, you've described various types of of of, of control. I mean, now let's talk about financial control. You know, that that feeds into this idea of male privilege. If I'm the breadwinner, I'm I'm allowed to control what happens with the money, I'm allowed to use control, that 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 as a weapon. Talk, talk to us about that. How does that manifest in your work?
1: It's about accountability a lot of the time. I've got access to my my, my money, uh, so I spend it on what I it. I then give a portion of that to my wife to mm. run the house, mm. X amount of money for the house. Um, and somehow she's supposed to manage... Uh, all the food, all the bills, all the kids' needs, all their own needs yeah, out of this allocation. And if it runs out, then what the hell has been going on? She's got this money, but it's run out. It's also, I would want to have a look at all the receipts. Mm. Go through all the bank accounts. It's a pretty easy now. I guess you go through the bank accounts and see where it was all spent and how much was spent. Yeah. And so, so I'm uh, so I'm providing the money. I'm also being the uh, adjudicator of whether it's uh, worthy to spend money on these items. Mm-hmm. Because the same
0: scrutiny is not held for me. Yes, exactly. The same scrutiny. I mean, because I, I'm I'm hearing you, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I give my monthly paycheck to the missus she manages the finances (laughs) but you know this brings a really interesting
1: point too this is (laughs) is the next is how how much negotiation went on to to do that (laughs) well it could perfectly it could work perfectly in in a lot of relationships because that's what's negotiated. yeah that's what's expected that's how it works and and if there's more money to be needed well it might get asked for and then given and and dealt with but it's negotiated a lot of the time the rules aren't clear or the rules change
0: Let's talk about psychological control. You mentioned that in the wheel. I guess, I guess there's. It's a, it's, I've come across it a lot in, uh,
1: in various settings now. But a word called gaslighting. So, so I've, I've struggled over the last sort of twelve months trying to come to terms with this phrase, gaslighting, as opposed to psychological abuse or making the other person feel crazy, that their reality is not what they think it is. That no, I'm not having an affair.
0: Well, I'm not. No, I'm not having an affair. No, I'm not gambling. No, I'm basically any activity that I'm trying to hide. I'm not doing it. It's usually uh, perpet, you know. Uh, yeah, when confronted with the evidence, you know, it's not true. Usually, it's about. I think it, usually it's about money and money and sex. Basically, that's those are the key drivers for men, wouldn't you say?
1: A lot of argue, a lot of arguments about finances. You know? um, uh, uh, especially uh, when a work, when the, when the man might have lost his job. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and so his finances are really cut and they're under stress. So the stress is not having money is, is, is a good trigger for anger, a good trigger for violence. Um, and, and the argument with the partner might be that she inadvertently spent money on, on re-registering the car, for instance, and, and his plan that that's not what was going to happen. Um, mm. so the argument is even though they need a car and uh, um, all that kind of stuff she's taken the decision to re-register it uh, whereas his, his argument would be we're having financial issues we can't spend the money on the car um, for these mm. reasons but then it's just not an argument it, it would probably get physical we'll probably get to the point of throwing stuff uh, punching a hole in the wall mm. storming off um, slamming the door and meanwhile it, having the kids um, hear all of that. So it's the whole nature of the argument. But but the essence of the frustration for the man is not about the money per se, but she's made a decision about something and he, he didn't
0: have the final say on it. But that, that's not necessarily gaslighting, is it?
1: Uh, no, that's not gaslighting. No, no. That is most no. financial uh, abuse and or decision making around finances.
0: For me, it's all about Denying the evidence of infidelity or inappropriate financial spending. I don't know why I picked those two things, but I've always thought that that's what it, that, that, that's the for me, it's the that's the commonest context. So I think we're going to have to wrap it up there for today's episode. But we I'd love to explore how the the hubs or the spokes of the wheel then lead to the to the, the periphery and so hopefully what i'd like you to do is to agree to come back and join us again we'll explore this topic further love to you all okay that's all for today's cracking addiction see you soon